This is Michael Cho, artist and illustrator, and you're listening to Mighty Marvel Geeks. USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's a plan. It's real. Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. It's comforting to know that Jarvis is consistent 99%. That's true. There you go. So <laughs> it is the intrepid trio of agents, Mike, Kylan, and Eric. And f- I think it's the first time I might have actually gotten it right. <laughs> the three of us together when we haven't had a guest. Um, especially, in the sp- especially in the status state that I'm in. Um, so I'm going to start off like I usually do. How you guys doing? I'm good. This uh, end of the week, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been a long week. It and, really uh, has. That that means the weekend is going to be even shorter than normal. <sighs> well, my weekend was short. I'm usually off on Thursday, so mm. of course we Ooh. record on Fridays. Right. But yeah. Um, so this is this is a TGIF thing. Is thank Groot it's Friday. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to say I, we got San Diego Comic Con next week, as he would say. We do. Oh. Uh, so that so we're yeah. getting close to the end of the geek year, and the new yep. geek year is about to start the gfy the geek fiscal year i mean the the christian calendar january 1st which is based on the solar calendar um i'm jewish and i know with with the islamic religion their calendars are both lunar and of course september ish october ish is new year for at least for judaism i'm not sure when the new year begins in islam um but in the geek world it goes from end of july to the end of july with preview night being new year Eve and first day that Thursday of Comic Con being New Year's Day. Yeah. So, and all I got to say is one of the thing, one of the Marvel things I'm excited for. You guys know I love Mimico. Uh, and of course, they had the USB drives that are themed, uh, you know, Star Trek, Star Wars, My Little Pony, and all that. And you know, they've started with the with their power supplies, you know, the power tubes and the, the Mimo Mimo power bots and mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, I think I forwarded you guys the email I got from Mimico. Mm-hmm. All it said was, coming to San Diego Comic-Con, choose a side. And it had the mm-hmm. Avengers logo in the background. Something interesting is coming. Yeah. Are, are, are we going to potentially get Marvel power bots or power tubes? Um, I don't have any of mine. Oh, they're all in my bag. But the power tube, if you've ever, if any of you listeners have ever been in the airport, if you heard of uh, fuel rods that you could buy at the airport, little battery thing, and they're talking about putting them at Disney as well, where it's a device that you, you buy your, it's, it's a cylinder 
type device uh, that's got the you know, your your power USB similar to your Polaroid, but they're round. Mimicos are custom with with the design on them. It's like I have a bunch of Star Wars ones, uh, or my family does. Uh, I got my dad Luke's lightsaber for Father's Day. My mom a couple years ago for Christmas we got her the purple or the blue crayon looking power tube. Mm-hmm. Um, great looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be curious to see what's coming Marvel wise, and if it's choose a side. I, are they I really all, think. Are they going to have I really think characters? you're going to see. You're going to see a Stark Industries one. I think that's pretty much that, a guarantee. Cool. I wouldn't mind seeing the Shield one at, at that point as well. But yeah. I, would, I would love Ooh. to see. But if they have individual characters, are we going to get the characters from Civil War, Panther, Iron Man, War Machine, Cap, Falcon? Oh, I mean, a Pym the, technology. I see. I I really would like to see ones based off of the the companies that are yeah. the organizations like Pym Technologies, Shield, Shield. Stark Industries, that sort of yes. thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the official Wakandan you know, diplomatic delegate or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 would, I would love to see the old SSR. Oh, there you go. But it, you go, that'd be cool. All right, if it's SSR, then it's got to resemble like a vacuum tube or something. Yeah. Yeah. An old vacuum tube because just, just go retro with the tech on it. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out what Memo, uh, what Memco has to offer now, just go to their website. It's www.mimoco.com. So, um, me personally, if they're characters, I will. I would love to get a cat. I would love to get one for cat. Mm-hmm. So, but the Iron Man would look cool too. But I'm a, I'm a cap guy. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. Uh, but the announcement's coming Tuesday, uh, if not Wednesday. So it'll be uh, be interesting. Um, so why don't we just go ahead? And, since I've taken enough time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> more tangents on this show than a high school geometry class. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. Or or, or or more tangents on this show than cheerleaders be underneath the bitter mind. No. No, 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 no. Uh, that's no. True, because that was the mascot. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Um, uh, speaking just... of text, send hate mail, too. <laughs> uh, we're going to start off with some gaming news. We, we don't do a lot of gaming news on here. Um, not like, only because there doesn't have a lot coming across. I think the last one we did was talking about the new uh, PS4 Spider-Man game. Mm. Where, yep, we all right. li- where we all kind of like the look of the new costume. Costume, except we didn't like the white spider on the costume. Not quite. No, no. That, if, if, if they made the spider blue or black, I think that would be better. But I did make love the spider the black. Make make the spider black because that's pretty much. Yeah. The way it's always been. Yes. But the costume itself was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, Puzzle Quest. It's a mobile app. Uh, I think you might be able to find it on Windows 10 through the App Store there as well. Um, Puzzle Quest is about ready to airdrop a five-star Hulk onto the battlefield. Uh, talking to producer Joss Austin, um, we talk about uh, the Marvel.com, questions him on what we expect from the, the Jolly Giants. So oh, oh, oh. Um, Marvel asked the question, Bruce Banner is back in a big way. A lot of gamers, a lot of his gamer charged friends are stomping around Puzzle Quest right now. Is he here to show who the strongest there is? Uh, according to Josh Austin, Dr. Banner will be a huge threat when unleashed Marvel Puzzle Quest this week. It's awesome when Bruce transforms into the Hulk and starts rampaging across the board to massive damage. And the bits that make Bruce a five-star will make him relentless, a relentless threat to his opposition. Um, they said, no, it's been a while since he's met his appearance into the game. Uh, his original 
incarnation focused on creating green tiles, shaking up the board, and had, had a bad habit of his teammates. Uh, what does the new Hulk bring? Uh, this time, uh, it'll focus on Bruce, on the Bruce part, or the, the constraint threat of transforming to the Hulk. Or, or with his constant threat, transforming to the Hulk and smashing the enemies that mess with him to screens. Mm. Uh, so, what role does he fulfill on the team, and are there any particular matchups he will play well into? Uh, Hulk is purely damaged. Get him transform to transform, start smashing enemy ASAP. He's a bit difficult to team characters with since he's unpredictable, but the Hulk works well with any character that generates green AP to help push transformation from Banner to Hulk. So, um, I, and I will also say, uh, to continue on with game news, Marvel's Future Fight is doing a 75th anniversary tribute to Cap right now mm-hmm. as well, and one of the, the main uh, sin is the, the daily uh, biometrics drop mm-hmm. each day, but you could also get Sharon Carter hmm. as Captain America. So Sharon Carter as Captain America. Sharon uh, actually, Carter Sharon, as Captain America. Yeah, and it's, uh, not, it's not American Pride. It is. Captain yeah, America. apparently in this, uh, I, I was reading the story, and her backstory is that in that universe, Steve Rogers never was was never frozen, and he and uh, he and Peggy managed, I guess, get married, and so then they have they have a child, and the child is Sharon. Whereas American Pride is the daughter of Cap and Sharon. Right. So, so there we have it. Some gaming news to get us started. Um, let's head over to, I guess, the only film story we got. Okay, the film story, you touched on it earlier when you said, like, the start of the geek fiscal year would be San Diego Comic-Con. Well, we got a lovely little teaser image from uh, James Gunn and the whole cast and crew of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Volume 2, excuse me. It is concept art. It reveals the first look at the new member, Mantis. And Mantis is going to be played by Pom Clementiev. Clementiev? I'm not okay. sure how you pronounce her last name. But you know, she's more than welcome to come on the show and correct She us. is. Yes. She can She can contact <laughs> us and tell us how we should pronounce her last name. Uh, now, executive producer Jonathan Schwartz told Entertainment Weekly, she has never really experienced social interaction. Everything she learned about dealing with people, she learns from the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it, it, in Schwartz's own words, he says, quote, which is a very weird group to learn your social interaction intricacies from uh yeah now she's got a neat look to her she does kind of like she does deviate a little bit from the comic norm but that's okay because most of these characters do in some way or another um now, the art also shows Groot as we saw him at the end of the first movie, Baby Four, you know, the, the Grootling, if you want to call it that. He's he's riding on Drax's shoulder, kind of like the way that Rocket would ride on Drax's shoulder. Hey, not Drax's, but Groot's shoulder in the first one. Uh, and Schwartz talks about that. He says he doesn't have the wisdom and experience of that Groot. He's a younger Groot and a more rambunctious Groot. Now, the question is, is he the same group, just smaller, or is he a different group that sprung up from the seed of the first one? Well, if it's the latter, how much of the memories of the original group would he have? That's a good question. I tell you one thing he will have from the original group, for certain, is Vin Diesel's voice. 
uh, because uh, director James Gunn tagged Vin Diesel in his Facebook post. And now he is saying that, uh, I can't wait to show you guys more of what we have in store for you. Now, that's a direct quote from, from Gunn himself. And so the Marvel Studios panel at Comic-Con International will be Saturday, July 23rd. Okay, so, which will be after we record. Yes, it will be. Well, is that the that, that's Marvel's panel in general? That's the Marvel Studios panel. Okay. So I don't so think I w- it'll be Marvel in general, but just the Marvel Studios specifically. Okay. Yeah, I wonder when Marvel T- Marvel Studios TV will be. That's a good question. Because they uh, have separated the two. That's true. Because when, when Marvel Studios separated from Marvel Entertainment mm-hmm. to be their own identity, um, they said the TV stuff was not part of that. Hashtag, it ain't all connected after all. I that's think it's true. connected, but that I think is true. Marvel, even though Marvel Studios' name might be attached to it, Marvel Studios is focusing on the big screen. Oh yeah, you know, you know they are. Right. Chloe Bennett knows they are too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, oh yes, she does. Are, are you Chloe? Are you Chloe there? <laughs> <laughs> Chloe Bitter, Chloe Bennett. Maybe we can get her on the show and she could talk about it. So okay, only because I don't know enough about Guardians. Who's Mantis? Okay, Mantis is a character. She's been affiliated with several groups in the past. She has been affiliated with uh, with the Avengers. Uh, I want to say with the Defenders as well. I think so. And yeah. with the with the Guardians of the Galaxy as well. Uh, let's see. She is the daughter of Gustav Brandt and Luan Gwen. Uh, she's trained by. Alien priests of Pama, a sect of the Kree, uh, because people thought she might be the celestial Madonna. Uh, she's very strong martial artist. Uh, she, uh, all right, she became a prostitute in a Vietnamese bar where she met the swordsman. This is all from the Marvel Wiki. Um, helped him regain his self-respect and followed him when the former villain attempted to rejoin the Avengers. Okay. Uh, now she did. Uh, she was with the Avengers for a while. She helped battle the Troglodytes, and um, she fought in the uh, v- Avengers Defenders War. Uh, she became really close with the Vision, which I okay. guess Scarlet Witch should be should be kind of jealous. Uh, she is. She has been off in space, uh, involved the Kree Skull War, and she was also uh, she's also affiliated with the Silver Surfer and the West Coast Avengers. Yes, yeah, there's your West Coast Avengers tie-in there. Yeah, I, I sure. <laughs> Yeah, I should remember. I don't. And she helped Peter Quill form the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, by psychically influencing Drax, Philavel, Gamora, and Adam Warlock. Okay, so she's uh, been around. She's been around. Yeah, yeah. Never really paid attention. Yeah, I mean, she's she's telepathic. She's empathic. She can astral project. She can build Um, grease lightweight. She's got. I I have never heard this term before. Chlorokinesis. Basically, plant control. Yep. <laughs> Pyrokinesis, precognition, uh, self-healing, nervous system control. Uh, thanks to her training, Mantis has complete control over her body. Um, so there you go. Cool. Well, that's not the only thing that uh, announcement-wise for visual media that has come out. Okay, moving visual media. Not because I guess comic book could be visual media as well. Right. But the old time you motion picture type stuff, and when they put it on the little little small screen, <laughs> you're oh, trying. But you're you're trying about TV. 
I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> it's okay. Bless his uh, heart. He's up past his bedtime. Uh, you're talking about how Fox uh, apparently has made a commitment for a new Marvel series, uh, apparently. Um, and this is from Marvel.com, actually. Uh, so it was announced on the 12th of July uh, that Fox has made a put pilot commitment for a new Marvel action adventure series. Uh, and so now with this being Fox, uh, where it looks like it's going to be an X series. Now, now here, here's the thing that's got me excited about it is that uh, Matt Nix has been attached to this. Now, uh, for some of you, if that name sounds familiar, I had to go back to make sure that this was the same Matt Nix that I was thinking of. He is the guy that created USA's, uh, was it like a five, six season series, Burn Notice. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I loved Burn Notice. I watched the episode, never missed it. Uh, so this has know, me excited. I know a stuntman who worked on Burns. Really? Yeah. Lucky dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, then depending on the episode, maybe not so lucky, but. <laughs> True. Well, he. Yeah, uh, so. Matt, Matt Nix isn't the only one. I mean, you got Brian no. Singer. Yeah, Brian Singer's on it. Uh, which, Jeff which we Lowe. Know from, from the most recent um, X Men, and of course, the original. You just mentioned Jeff Lowe. That's Marvel's Jeff Lowe. Yeah, that's Mar- Marvel's Jeff Lowe. So okay. that's intriguing there. Uh, Simon Ginberg, which we know from Star Wars Rebels. Now he's one of the producers on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Lauren Shuler Donner, who uh, is uh, as an executive producer, which we know her from X-Men Apocalypse and the X-Men Days of Future Past and Wolverine. Um, and Jim Jim Chory? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know, TV-wise, even though it's Fox, it seems like Marvel's got yeah. a good hand in it. Yeah, and it but, makes you wonder if what we have heard is correct and that Marvel has a control, they have the control over television in X-Men. What what was the quid pro quo involved? It's like, and, and we have said this before on the show, it's like, alright, alright Fox, you want to do like a, an X-Men TV series? What are you going to do for us? Right. I can think of a fantastic thing to exchange for TV rights. Uh, you, uh, so and it you can be yours for a special price. Are you, do you are you saying that Fox torch for Marvel? I'm saying they're passing that torch back to Marvel because it's a, a thing. thing, man. You know and yeah, that so would be fantastic, Mister. It would. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I I think if that's the case, Fox would no longer be the invisible girl in the room. Okay, doom for him too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, that's just me. If if I were in charge of Marvel, I would. If I were Kevin Feige or or basically his equivalent on the TV side of it, Jeff Lowe. Yeah, Jeff. Lope. Jeff Lope. Yeah, that would be that. That would kind of be my asking price. It's like you you want this show, we want the Fantastic Four back. But you know, with with that, we still don't need to see the actual four. All we need is Doom and Galactus. I understand that, but just think you you have the opportunity to do all four of them right. Yeah. But then when you do them right, and then you add in Iron Man and Doctor Strange, um, oh, you, you then know what's going to happen. Illuminati as the yeah. as one of the next Avenger group models, and yeah, no. <laughs> You forgot no. about Black Panther. Yeah, Black no. Panther's in there, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, no. Hey, isn't Pete in there as well? I, th- I think Channing Tatum's in there as well. See, uh, no, see, <laughs> see. Why, why, why'd you take it there, man? <laughs> that, that, that's, no. no because I already, t- I already took it there with the Illuminati. <laughs> 
Oh, my God. I love some of the quotes, though, this this article. Uh, of course, you know, as you said, this came from Marvel.com. Um, yeah. Was it, uh, who, who said that, uh, Jonathan Davis, president of Creative Affairs for 20th Century Fox Television, said, working with Marvel on a television series for Fox has been a professional dream for our head of development, Michael Thorne. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Jeff Lieb comes back and says, Marvel Television is thrilled to be co-producing with 20th Century Fox Television, our first project. Okay, you know what? When somebody says, you know, my organization is thrilled to be co-producing or thrilled to be collaborating with, that's what you expect to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, it's like okay, we just had SEC media days here in Birmingham for, for the past several days right. uh, where all the coaches come in and you ask questions. They make their statements. They make the exact same statements pretty much year after year about their team, how it's a young team and they're coming along and we, you know, our goal is to remain injury-free, yada, yada. This is the same yada, yada. There, that, there's, no, there's no I in team. Yeah. We're but focused. There's three, <laughs> yeah. But there's three in Martini, so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I expect to hear. Right. They could be like just, Michael Thor, excuse me, Jonathan Davis could be just coming right out. He could be in behind closed doors going, well, I would rather have a root canal with no anesthetic than work with Marvel Studios on this. But with the cameras are on, he, they're not going to say that to the public. Well, I, I, I'm going to throw something out there. You let me know if you think I'm completely off the reservation. Okay. Uh, okay. You don't even have to throw it out there and we'll say you are. <laughs> I, well, I'm pretty much, I, I pretty much am already. But, okay, so we know that ABC has been decreasing the amount of Marvel's presence on their network. Right. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. And now, and you know, we were kind of toying with the idea that maybe Marvel is like, okay, well, you know what? We're just, t- we'll just take everything over to Netflix, okay? Maybe we missed something. No, I don't, I don't know that we did because Fox wants to utilize Marvel. Right. It wants to leverage it as much as it can because Marvel is the hot poop right now. Right. right. Okay. Yeah, I, I, mean, ABC- Apoc- I mean, Apocalypse, while it made money, it, it still got panned pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah it but, wasn't their best. Okay. You know? X-Men, even though it's not, they're not doing fair, very well, it's like, mm-hmm. it's no Civil War, okay? No. But Fox is going to milk this mutant cash cow as long as it can, as much as it can. And people and, are, are going to go and see it. Yes. And, and bitch about it later. Oh, sorry. And complain about it later. Sorry. Yes. But see, the thing is, though, ABC, ABC cares about m- shows like Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and it's like when we had, uh, when we had Deuce on here a few weeks back, he mm-hmm. pretty much nailed it. The the person behind the creation of those shows has pretty much free reign, and that person doesn't like Marvel. Right. So as long as those shows are still doing well, that's all you're going to see on AC. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying that's the way it is. Right. So, so for all intents and purposes, you might as well say Netflix is the future of Marvel on the small screen. Yeah. But again, Fox is going to milk it for everything they can. And so they may have, because as much as it irks me to say this, the CW is doing well with DC. They are. And that's the, but that's the only place DC is doing well. I'm not, I'm not arguing that, but they're doing well on the small screen, on the TV versions. So Fox wants some of that. So they, they want X-Men. They want Marvel because they want to ride Marvel Studios coattails as much as they 
can't. Right. And they want a superhero show. So it makes sense for Fox to try to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't think we're really missing anything. I think you just see one one network is kind of desperate. One network is kind of nearsighted. Mm-hmm. I will say that. I am biased in my statement, but I stand by it. I think that's really about all there is to it. Right. I, I you know, I agree with you. I think that um hey, okay, and I mean we we all we're all Marvel fans. We love all things Marvel, otherwise we wouldn't be on this show. And I but and I would say and I and I'm trying to be as objective about this as possible. I, I think that Marvel I start now. Well <laughs> eh, uh, well I'm gonna try for about five minutes. I don't know okay. how it's gonna work. It, but. Until I bring up the name of CT. I yeah <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I would like to think that something like Most Wanted could do really well on uh on ABC. Uh there there's enough elements to the show that it, it, it's okay true it's set in a marvel universe to a certain degree it's a marvel show but there there was so much to the show that it's not a typical marvel show right and i think they made a mistake by not let that develop and and grow i, I mean i get it um you know right now is <coughs> this, this is gonna come out so wrong but i'm gonna say it anyway i mean i get it, it it's the television scheduling is being dominated by a certain female mm-hmm. majority of the dramatic type shows that aren't comps are female chick flickish type shows. Yep. And I guess the thought is, well, guys, all they want is the stupid comedy crap. Well, no, we we want the action stuff too. This is why we were like, you know, we put up with Agents of Shield for the first season. Right. You know, it, you finally let, you know, it finally got good near the end. Um, this is why we were all excited about Most Wanted. This is why mm-hmm. we were excited about Agent Carter until you kind of ruined season two. Mm-hmm. This is why we want um, damage control. Yes. Because at this point in time, I mean, let's think about Marvel. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's all you got. DC's got Flash, Arrow, uh, Legends Tomorrow, Supergirl, all on the CW, Gotham over on Fox. They had Constantine. And Constantine may be coming back. To okay. the CW. I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is not all that we got. We got Daredevil. That's true. Yeah. We got Jessica Jones. Okay. We're, I, I understand what you're saying. Is network broadcast television, but they're looking at Netflix as part of that. Yeah. You can't tell me they're not. And I will say this: Daredevil, both seasons of Daredevil, and Jessica Jones knocked it out of the park in ways that none of the CW shows ever did. Yeah. I, I, I guarantee you. And I, and I love some of the shows I really do enjoy. But if you take the whole of Arrow, you stack it up against the two seasons of Daredevil. There's no, no comparison. No, I would rather put. Um, enjoyment value wise I will take Daredevil and Flash um, mm-hmm. any day of the week mm-hmm. and, and compare those because those two will stand up to each other fairly well yeah yeah um, so well speaking of standing up uh, which I don't know why I said it that way <laughs> um, Marvel's about to do Marvel <laughs> your microphone standing up excited. not falling off um, save Marvel's about ready to do Marvel now 2.0 um, okay what are, what are we to expect well, if I get my things to work, um, we're expecting, you know, here's 11 things we could, 11 highlights from uh, the Marvel Now previous count. The Deadliest Woman in the Galaxy, uh, Gamora, has an ongoing series that's been announced. Uh, next up is Hawkeye Wants Justice. So, be curious, uh, where have this? My internet is 
Solo. Um, you know, with Hawkeye wanting justice, it's Hawkeye wants to lead, uh, Hawkeye's and lead Occupy Avengers, which I think this was interesting. Um, we, okay, you completely lost me when you used the word Occupy. Well, uh, that's what we get to. <laughs> um, we know he's going to make it through Civil War II, but not only will the Archer be back starring in a title, but he'll be leading a very unique spin on Earth's Mightiest Heroes and Occupy Avengers. Uh, joined by civilian professors on first issue cover, the series of Protesters, like a, not professors. Protesters. protesters. <sighs> my, like I said, it's about a long day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> focusing on... Uh, the series looks to be a political take on the Avengers franchise, which is... Yeah. Crap. Something else. We already got it with a bunch of books. So, um, number three. This one I'm kind of excited for. Venom comes back with a classic. I'm excited about this. Uh, Venom is back his own book, but it isn't the Venom we've been to seeing. The teaser art features a classic take on Venom costume. Uh, no, that was most popularly worn by Eddie Brock. Uh, currently, it's Flash Thompson, uh, but they're kind of going back to the to that. Uh, next up, next highlight. I've lost track on what number I'm on, which is okay. Four. Is this four or five? Uh, this is number four. Okay. The Prowlers. Prowler stock has gone way up over the last few years, and since the all-new, all-different relaunch of Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Prowler has impersonated Spider-Man when Parker needed to appear alongside Wallcrawler in public. So, uh, so yeah, I guess Prowler's getting I kind of like the Prowler. I think he's 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 a very underrated character in my opinion. Uh, number five, Spider-Man gets married again. Again? With last summer's Amazing Spider-Man New Year Vows Secret Wars tie-in, uh, fans got a window into the life of married Peter Parker with Mary Jane, of course, and his mm-hmm. daughter and tomorrow. Um, <laughs> no, I was thinking, hey, Annie, are you okay? <laughs> you okay, Annie? Annie? You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so renew renew your vows. Uh, I guess is coming. It's, it's going to be written by Jerry Com and artist is Ryan Stein. Uh, but now the the renew your vows is getting its own. Uh, I guess its own title story. So uh, next one I'm finding interesting, and it's from a character that I pick quite frequently, and that is my, I don't know why my dad's been so slow. To, they call it the Spider Kiss, and it's Miles Morales and Spider Gwen ah. locking lips. Oh, <clears throat> okay then. So yeah, that's going to be. An interesting thing to talk about. Say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one up is you know, pretty much where are the X-Men uh, and what happened to the X-Men? And after that, the Guardians are saying goodbye. Mm. Um, the, Gar- the Guardians are getting grounded because uh, it's going to wrap up this year. Okay. So I I don't know if that's a great idea with Guardians 2 coming out next year, but uh, maybe we'll get a relaunch. Right. So uh, Wasp is getting her very first title. That'll be an ongoing series. Wow. So uh, that's going to be interesting. And this is not Janet Van Dyne Wasp either. No, it's not. It's Nadia Pym, the daughter of the original Ant-Man. Yep. Uh, sort of like uh, kind of getting things ready for an upcoming movie in the next year right. or so. Maybe. Um, she's supposed to look quite a bit like Evangeline Lilly. Uh, Marks for Mo- Deadpool's Marks for Money is getting a makeover. <laughs> and um, I guess here's some titles that we sticking around. Because uh, not everything's being relaunched, so to speak. Um, come. I I think the, the Mercs for Money makeover, I'm looking at a preview image of it where it's got like Warhead and it's got Domino and like, who is it? Hit Monkey and Gorilla Man. But it's also got Aaron Stack Machine Man. Yeah. Wow. That is a character that you don't see very often. Right. Uh, Machine Man. I haven't seen Machine Man. What, 80s? Mid 80s he's had the series? I had the issue where he, fir- where you first see him, where yeah. you see his origin. And 
Yeah. Now, like I said, not everything's being relaunched. Uh, regardless, all the relaunches coming uh, this fall, there are still a lot of titles sticking around through Marvel 2.0. Uh, the presence of so many turning series lineup may indicate a publishing strategy on Marvel's part, one that involves slowly unrolling title rather than restarting everything all at once. Sort of like uh, the direct competition did with uh, with relaunch, I mean rebirth or whatever. And the way they did with New 52 and the way they did with Crisis well, on Infinite Earths. And I, I will say Rebirth, though, is a lot more successful than what they what they have done with the New 52, 52, 2.0. Yeah. Uh, it, now, now, if Marvel takes Q and <coughs> drops the price of their books a buck, like DC has done, right. uh, I think we might see a surge again. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, guys, as much as we love all things Marvel, we don't like all prices Marvel. No, we don't. No, we yeah, don't. I, I get it. Four bucks. I'm getting two books. Get the physical copy and the digital copy. You're not getting two books, dude. You're getting two copies of the same, the book. same book. Yeah. Right. Now, if it was two different books, that'd be different. Well, sometimes they throw in a, an additional book or a, a volume or a full story art. Story art. Mm. Right. It's been a while since I've seen across and stuff. I get Because uh, who knows? Maybe you might get a preview of, of changes coming to various characters. Well, you know, there's a lot of that going around. Oh, yeah. And and one of the the more recent is Iron Man himself. Um, at the according to an exclusive interview Marvel did with uh, with Time Magazine. Uh, when I say Marvel, I mean Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, he has revealed that Tony Stark uh, by the end of Civil War II he will be stepping out of the Iron Man suit. This is not the first time this has happened. Uh, yeah, just two words for you, Jim Rhodes. But this will be the first time that there is a woman stepping into the role. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be a new character taking over the mantle of Iron Man, or whatever they're going to call her, because it seems kind of awkward. A character by the name of Riri Williams. Now, she is a science genius who enrolls at MIT at the age of 15. 15, people. 15. Mm. She comes to the attention of Tony when she builds her own Iron Man suit in her dorm. Now, when asked about how he came up with the character of Williams, he said one of the things that stuck with him when he was working in Chicago a couple years ago on a TV show that didn't end up airing was the amount of chaos and violence. And this story of this brilliant young woman whose life was marred by tragedy that could have easily ended her life, just random street violence, uh, but she went off to college instead. He said that was very inspiring to him. He thought that was the most modern version of a superhero or superheroine story that he had ever heard. And he sat with it for a while until he had the right character and the right place. So this this kind of fits in with the whole thing that they've been doing uh, slowly. And he says, hopefully very organically. Um, I got news for you, Brian. Some of it has not been very organic. Uh, it, but I'll, I'll give Marvel credit. Yes, you're doing it. You're adding a more diverse roster. I get that. I applaud you for doing it. And by and large, you have done it very well. Like, you're not trying to retcon things for the most part. You have Jane Foster, established character, taking on the mantle of Thor. Which is you right have, the only way she can stay alive. Right. right. I, I love that because being Thor is what's keeping her alive. And, you know, using the power drives her to death. But while she's got it, she's alive. I, I love that. Kudos to you, 
Jason Aaron, by the way. Uh, you've got Sam Wilson, the Falcon, taking over the mantle of Captain America. Mm-hmm. And while I have a, a nice little laundry list of issues of what Nick Spencer is doing with it, uh, I will not fault him for do, for bringing in Sam as the new Cap because I think that's I think that in and of itself is a great thing. Yes. Um, you had Amadeus Cho become the new Hulk. You've had you've Marvel has killed off Wolverine. I don't know that we even talked about that. This happened several months ago. Uh, they, actually, I think they did. Okay. I don't remember it. That doesn't necessarily yeah, mean it, anything. Because they killed him off right before uh, Secret Wars. Yeah. So now we have X-23 filling the role of, of Wolverine. And I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some. But you've got these characters. You're bringing them in slowly, and you're doing it not to retcon like Spencer tried to do with Steve Rogers. Okay, I'm not going to say tried to do. He actually flat out did it. But... <clears throat> Yeah, I think they knew deep down they couldn't keep that going. So it's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll write it in the the next issue after that. It's all just a just a trick. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. How you feeling about that decision there, bud? <laughs> yeah, that's again, that's just a that's a pet peeve with mine. Uh, you've got Miles Morales as a Spider Man. You've got mm-hmm. Kamala Khan as a Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. You, you brought so, Gwen Stacy back. Yeah, and turned her Spider. Well, she's not a Spider Man. She's Spider Gwen, and that's that's good. Too. Oh, and she's also a, uh, a pool. Gwen pool. Yeah. Well, that's a different Gwen. It's not Stacy. Oh, that's okay. So I will give Marvel full props for doing it and kind of doing it the right way mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, it's not like when they came with the with the direct competition came out with a new fifty two and go, oh well, here's a character that has like you know fifty something years of history, and we're just going to retcon his background. Oh, he's gay now. He's always been gay. <laughs> no, that's no. not how you do it. No, 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 because. No. You're not honoring the history of the character when you do that. This, what they're doing, what they have done, what they're doing with with Riri Williams, they are honoring the character. They're Mm -hmm. honoring the history. And they're writing a new chapter for it. Now, inevitably, these original characters are going to come back. We've seen Steve Rogers come back. Mm -hmm. We saw Tony Stark come back time and again. Yep. When when Rhodes took over Iron Man while Stark was was trying to sober up, and you had... not only did he do Iron Man to do it well, he also got his own suit of armor to become War Machine. Yeah. Well, this could be setting up, too, for when it's time for Robert Dodger to step down. Everyone to say, how are you going to replace Tony Stark as Iron Man? Well, you don't. You bring in this character. You don't recast Tony Stark. No. 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 You, you bring in this character, or you bring in, or you continue on with Jim Rhodes. Right. Yeah. So. Um, and that's something, that's something that I don't think, I don't think that people that are they're clamoring for more diversity really notice because this is not the first African-American Iron Man. No, it's not. No. No. So now it's the first female African-American Iron Man. Right. And so I I am going to applaud them for for bringing in diversity and doing it right. You don't do it just to say, hey, look at us. We've got a diverse character here. Make them good. Make it a a good reason for them taking over the role. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll keep fans happy. I mean, you're always, you're going to have some grumblers. I mean, I have seen fan reactions uh, out on like Disney sites and Marvel sites, were saying, "Oh, well, this is this is just this is just horrible. This is just stop it, Marvel. You're you're ruining my childhood." It's like, no, no, no. Marvel is not. No. Tony I'm- Stark will come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Steve Rogers did come back. Yeah, the real Thor will come back. The question yeah. is, will Bruce Banner come back? Uh, That's a good question. That's Tell a- us why it's a good question, Mike. Well, or Gylan. I'm sorry. Well, it's a good question because uh, in the story from, oddly enough, Good Morning America.
America on Yahoo.com. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, they have a story about how this week, actually, in uh, Civil War Two issue number three, an iconic adventure Marvel character who's been around for 50 years is killed. And yes, we're talking about Dr. Bruce Banner. Yeah. And, and you know, now it says, you know, that, you know, there's a lot of who, what, when, where, how, why. Uh, so you would, you know, they, you, you would need to go pick up issues one, two, and three to get the whole story uh but yes uh so amadeus cho who is the no who who is awesome hulk who wants to be hulk he is he, he is still around he is still hulk uh bruce banner is in essence uh killed i would say euthanized uh at the hand of a friend confidant teammate uh because he's been losing control and i guess it looks like something really bad is about to happen so he takes a special arrow gives it to clint barton hawkeye and makes some promise that he will stop him and stop him for good so so yeah uh so you know when you read the issue all of this is told in flashbacks so you know i i'm not gonna tell the whole story here uh but i i do suggest that you read this because uh i do believe that marvel really means what it says when by the end of civil war the entire marvel universe will not be the same it's, it's gonna look the the world. <laughs> you know what? Don't do that song in karaoke. I messed around, did that song in karaoke, and it hurt. It hurts. Just, just saying. I think uh, a couple weeks ago on Lip Sync Battle, uh, one of the contestants did it and actually nailed it. Really? Yeah. Oh. And I, and I gotta say, if you haven't seen it, go to your DVR. It's on Spike TV. Mm-hmm. There's an episode with Haley Atwell versus Clark Gregg. Oh, that is so good. <laughs> and at one point, you see Clark Gregg dressed in a stewardess outfit. Yes. And Jennifer Grey makes an appearance. Yes. Yeah. But what Haley Atwell does? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> oh I'm my. sitting there like, my, my jaw hit the floor. My so, jaw hit the floor. Yeah. Well, um, at this point in time, that means there's just kind of one thing left to do. Mm. That's picks of the week. So again, this is where we pick um yeah, picks of the week or pow, nice comic book, war balloon play on, on things. Um this is where we pick our each one of us picks three books that we would recommend to you, the listener, on New Comic Book Day, which is every Wednesday. Uh this week it'll be the nineteenth. Twentieth. Twentieth. Sorry. Got my days confused. Um Well it's I, been a long week. This is true. Um, while these might not be books that we actually subscribe to, uh, in which we do tell you if they're on our poll list or not, these are books that if we have the urge to pick up something new that's not on our poll list, these will be books that we're going to gravitate to. So, and, and there's sometimes Eric or Kylan will pick a book that I'm interested in. It's just they beat me to the punch. Or we will pick a book that will inspire one of our guests to pick it up. Yeah. Like yeah. what happened last week. That's true. Yeah, it was, that was with what? Gwenpool, right? Mm-hmm. No, that was uh, Gods of War. That's right. Yeah. It was Gods of War. Well, I think I think he said, too, he, was gonna, he definitely needed to read Gwenpool as well, mm-hmm. which I don't think was a pick last week, but it was talked about. Um, so... 
So, tell you what, since I've also got Marvel Unlimited pick this week, why don't I go first? Okay. Um, my first book is Star Wars number 21. Uh, writer is Jason Aaron. Art by George or Jorge Molina. Uh, the Last Fight of the Harbinger starts now. Sergeant Creel is back with an all-new squad of stormtroopers going inside the minds of an elite group of Imperial soldiers. Join incoming artist George Molina on a walk on darks on the dark side. So, um, and also too, Star Wars they've been running the action figure variant <laughs> covers, which I've been collecting them all. <laughs> this issue it is Stormtrooper in Hoth battle gear. Oh, so essentially the Snowtrooper, right? And, and these are done by John Tyler Christopher. So, uh, let's go, Eric, number two, or your first. Okay. Okay. My first pick of the week is number seven. It is Spider-Man Deadpool number seven. A story by Jerry Duggan, art by Scott Koblish. Uh, another guest issue where while Joe Kelly and Ed McGinnis get ahead on their epic story, in the Deadpool tradition, we present a quote-unquote lost issue of the amazing Spider-Man. And this flashbacks to the swinging 60s for one of Deadpool and Spidey's earliest meetings. So don't be a flake. Beat feet to your shot. And order now. This issue is a real solid gas. Must have been the beans. <laughs> well, beans. there aren't any beans in chimichangas, so yeah, or are there? You could. I don't, I don't think so. You could. That'd make it a burrito, wouldn't it? Yeah, but in a chimichanga, just a deep fried burrito. Yeah, you could. Well, that's true too. I guess you could. So, okay, it could have been the beans. <laughs> so, Kyle, your first pick. My first pick is a uh, number three, uh, Nighthawk. Number three. Um, story by David Walker. Art by. Martin Morazzo. You know, Kylan, Kylan predicted you were going to pick this this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I you know what? I have to admit, this is one of those books. Like, I picked it up on a lark and fell in love with it, and and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, look who wrote it! And now it's just like a total like stalker fanboy now. But that's okay. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, so the city of Chicago explodes in racial violence, but the nightmare is just beginning. Nighthawk goes to war against a group of white supremacists, but with the cops also hunting him, he may have finally bitten off more than he can chew. And then there's that serial killer on the loose. Yeah. Well, my second pick of the week is Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, number eight. Uh, writer is Kate Leith, art Brittany Williams. It's a Civil War II tie-in. When Fallout from Battlefields of Civil War II his close to home, Patsy is forced to take stock of her life as a hero and to face what really costs to be, a.k.a. Hellcat. Mm. So, Eric, you're number two pick. My number two pick is number eight, Guardians of Infinity number eight, story by Dan Abnett, Jen Saska, and Sylvia Saska. Art by Carlo Barberi, Tom Palmer, Jose Marzan Jr., and Juanan Ramirez. The conclusion of the Hermetica saga. All three generations of the Guardians of the Galaxy reunited and ready for action. It took 2,000 years worth of Guardians of the Galaxy just to face Hermetica. Is there any hope of stopping him? The final trial approaches. If any Guardians survive, can they escape with their bodies and minds intact? And I'm going to tell you, I, I like choosing Guardians, but looking at the previews, there's a preview page where Hermeticus has got all these minds in these little bubbles on his armor. And apparently Rocket Raccoon's brain is one of them. It's in his hand, is you know, on his arm. But of course, being Rocket, he finds a way to basically become autonomous. And he starts hitting Hermeticus in the head with his own hand. Ah! 
<laughs> and no, no, he said, he said, you shouldn't have put my brain in a jar, Flark Face. You shouldn't have given me authority. So there's wham to the head, wham, wham. And of course, he does say, stop hitting yourself. And then he pauses and says, wait, that would be me hitting you. So that is just little, little snippets like that sometimes will make me want to buy, to pick up a book. And that is one of those snippets. Nice. Sounds like it'd be one grab. So, Kylan, you're number two pick. My number two is Thunderbolts number three. A story is by Jim Zub. Art is by John Mollen. Uh, and uh, cover art is John Mollen, Matt Yaki, and Art Adams. Uh, so, the new Thunderbolts versus the all new Inhumans. Who needs diplomacy when there are faces that need punching? Okay. Well, my number third pick is uh, unfortunately getting closer to its end. It's mm. Darth Vader number 23. Our writer mm-hmm. is Karen Gillian. Uh, art is Salvador Barocca. I almost said Salvador Dali. But, yeah. Um, <coughs> Vader versus Morit. Morit on the shell of the executor. Do you need more than that? Fine. Silo secret revealed. And I must say, I'm going to be disappointed when this series ends because the Vader series has been awesome. Mm-hmm. If you haven't picked it up, don't worry about the ind- individual issues. Get the trade paperbacks. That's the easiest way for you to get caught up, and you're not going to be disappointed. Um, I, I have absolutely loved the series. I wish they were going to keep it on, but I understand that they're about ready to, to wrap because they've said everything that they've said. to say about it. So. Sometimes you just come to a natural stopping point. And yeah. that's, what, that's what's happening. It's better to stop it there than to drag it out past... Yeah. Past, yeah, past it. I, I'd, I'd rather see it stop where they're going to stop instead of it getting to the point of now ruin tail. Yeah. So, uh, so Eric, your final pick. Of the- My final pick of the week is Nova Number 9, written by Sean Ryan, art by R.B. Silva and Adriano de Benedetto. Benedetto. Yeah, Benedetto. Uh, Nova comes to New York. He is stuck between two sides of a war he doesn't want to fight, so Sam Alexander makes a tough choice. Now, the preview, the three, four, your five-page preview, it's not just the heroes that are being, you know, the mantle is being passed on. Some of the villains, too, because you have uh, what looks to be the Mole Man on a big monster coming up underneath the streets of New York and boasting that, you know, the time of subjugation is now. Bow before you, new master, the king of the underworld. But it's not Mole Man, it's Mole Monster, Mole Man's son. Oh. So, and he writes rises up, he looks around, he goes like, wait, where are all the superheroes? And here comes Nova flying in. He goes, yeah, that's what I'd like to know. No one is answering their comms today. So, yeah, it, it's basically Nova versus the the mole, monst- the mole Man's kid. Wow. And it goes about as well as you would expect. Uh, I believe it. Mm. But it's like, you know, I don't know where they are, but the one thing I do know is I don't need them to take you down. <laughs> and he pretty much blasts the crap out of the big worm monster that Mole Monster's riding, and of course he gets knocked off, and he goes retreat, and that's the end of the preview. So you know, um, yeah, it's not just the villains; it's not just the heroes. Uh, wow. Okay. Uh. So, uh, Kylan, your number. Pick. My number three is Black Widow. Number five. A story is Mark Wade and Chris Samney. Art is by Chris Samney, and the cover is also Chris Samney. Um, there's a theme there. Uh, so the Weeping Lion's hunt round. Using her darkest secret as leverage, the Weeping Lion has pushed Natasha further from the straight and narrow. An agent elder of S.H.I.E.L.D. is closing in. Is he fellow prey that 
that needs Black Widow's protection or another Predator. Okay. Well, I've got the Marvel Unlimited pick, um, but before I get into it, I'm on the... I'm getting my write-up this week from uh, Marvel's... It's marvel.wikia W-I-K-I-A dot com. Mm-hmm. It's the it's, Marvel Wiki, yeah. Yeah. Well, they call it Wikia, and it's uh, the Marvel Database, Comics Database. Right. Uh, and there's an interesting article, and I, and I did copy it quickly so we could possibly discuss it future show, because it, it's sort of an, an opinion piece, but it, it's something... It's, it's not time-sensitive, and the article's headline is, Why a Squirrel Girl TV Show Needs to Happen. Okay. I'm down with that. So, well, there you go. Um, but my pick is not a Squirrel Girl pick. No. Nope. I went with Fantastic Four number 48 from March of 1966. Ooh. Uh, writer is Stan Lee. Pencils, Jack Kirby. Um, let's see. This would be the first appearance of Galactus and Silver Surfer. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, um, instead of going through a synopsis, I'm just going to give some notes here. Uh, or actually some trivia. Some of the plot lines used in this issue were adapted for the 2007 feature film Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer. Uh, the storyline was also adapted in the Galactus episode of the 1966 Fantastic Four animated series. The storyline was also adapted for the two-part Silver Surfer and Coming of Galactus episode of the 1996 Fantastic Four animated series. Um, this issue has been reprinted in, Master, in Marvel Masterworks number 25, uh, Marvel Masterworks Fantastic Four number 5, 100 Greatest Marvels of All Time number 1, Marvel Visionaries Jack Kirby volume 1, Essential Fantastic Four volume 3, Marvel's Greatest Comics number 35, The Silver Surfer Coming of Galactic Street Paperback minus the first 7 pages, Killing the Inhumans, and Fantastic Four. So even the Inhumans don't get love in a Silver Surfer book. <laughs> uh, I guess the brief synopsis is, uh, you know, Galactus shows up, Silver Surfer shows up. It's just the first appearance. How can how can you not enjoy a first appearance of two characters that have meant so much to the Marvel world when you have the hero, anti-hero of Surfer, because he's just doing what he thinks is right, mm-hmm. and then Galactus on their own. Right. And of course, their Galactus almost looks like, a, you know, the original Galactus almost looks like a Watcher. Or he a, does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which that could raise some very interesting fan theories. Yeah. True. Yeah. So, um, Fantastic Four, number 48, uh, is the Marvel Unlimited pick. Mm-hmm. So, um, any final thoughts? Uh, nope. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Well, how, how about this? I, I finally got a chance to catch up and look at our reviews on iTunes, and we got a new review. Oh, really? Is this the one that we kind of want people to, like, drown out, or? What do you mean? <laughs> As in, give us five-star reviews to make up for one clown who thinks we, we, uh, we stink. I don't know. It, it's it's from it, the, the author of the review is Rutwell. It must be a Shaggy fan, which I'm okay with. Okay. Uh, Scooby-Doo fan. Okay. Uh, starts off the title of his review, Howard the Duck Forever. You wrote this, didn't you? I did not. <laughs> I did not. You did not? Okay. Uh, this Rutwell posted this on June 13th this year. Okay. Okay. And, and just because he made this recommendation, I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Howard the Duck should be played in every episode. Mike has the best taste in comic characters. You did write this yourself. What? I'm I'm speechless right now. What? 
Really? Well, thank you for your review, Rutro. Thank you, thank you, Rutro. Thank, thanks All for the, uh, thanks for the support with Howard Duck. Remember Howard the Duck, President Twenty Sixteen. But Mike, Mike will find any reason to play that song. He didn't. But yeah, that was like you didn't play it last week. I was surprised. Well, he just played it twice, so the averages mix up. There you go, see. Well, it's <sighs> not that, it's this. First Mightiest Heroes! That is true. So. This Ultron Funk don't give a chill. True. <laughs> of course, what was the... We still are petitioning to appear on Awesome Mix number two for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, what song? And my soundboard would play it, which it's not. Oh. It's now going not respond. Ooh. There we go. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. I can actually see that with Drax walking into some battle. Somewhere. Yep. Now say yes, but I more likely see him coming into George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of like, but I will admit that's kind of been done before because when you had Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah. And yeah. Schwarzenegger's walking out of the biker bar. Mm-hmm. It's just as he sets a foot down on the step, you, you hear that. That's yeah. true. And that's, you know, yes. But Tom Sawyer needs to be in Dark Galaxy somewhere it could fit it, does. it, it could fit on a I, it, to me I, 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 I picked yeah, I picture him I, I picture star lord just piloting the, uh, the the Milano and that song playing in the background I, I, I see I, that if you're gonna do it if you're gonna do it don't do Tom Sawyer do Cygnus X1 oh. because that I think it's off farewell to, the farewell to Kings album uh, give me a second give me a second it is a song about flying into a black hole Ooh. yeah alright it's actually it's it's a two-part song series. Oh. Yeah. The first part, book one, The Voyage, is on A Farewell to Kings, and the second part is the first song on the next album they had, Hemispheres. Okay. See it? Yeah. Yeah. There it is. There it so. is. Yeah. Yeah. Well... That's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the ride with us or enjoyed your time in the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair. Yeah. Depending on how I say it each week. Um, I hope you enjoyed our picks. Next week's going to be San Diego Comic Con News. Uh, Maybe the week after that, we'll arrange to do something with um, the guys from the janitorial closet at some some hall (laughs) and and do do that crossover that we have been talking about and discuss. Yes, you know it's a mashup. Do the mashup of uh, a San, San Diego, a, a true San Diego Comic Con recap uh, afterwards. So until then, uh, Jarvis, if you would please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope, just time to go dark. I swear to you, I did not write that review. <laughs> <laughs> I just found it funny that the person chose Howard the Duck to, to write about. Uh, so, so that's all he said was that we should be playing Howard the Duck every, every episode. episode. And that Mike okay. has a great taste in comic characters. There you go. Wow. Okay. So okay, I, I'm not- I, I wonder if it's one of those guys over at the at the janitor closet. Uh, you, you think possibly? Could, 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 could that could that be a gauntlet that's been thrown down? I mean, I'm not disagreeing with the character choice, but 
Hey, I will take any review that doesn't say you guys stink like a dead skunk in the middle of the road. <laughs> but I'm okay with that, too, because it's fun to pick on during the show. But well, that's true, too. 